0: It is episode 102. I can't believe I'm in the hundreds, but here we are. I love the dad episodes because even though it's called the mom room, I think it's interesting to hear from dads as well and their perspective and their experiences just so that we can all understand each other better. And I'm sure you guys know who these two dads are. Kevin and Evan, also known as the Dumb Dads. If you're on TikTok and you're a parent, I'm sure they show up on your For You page all the time because they take TikToks to another level. Like, it's actually quality content, you know? They look like Saturday Night Live skits, but it's a TikTok. They put clearly so much thought and effort behind their TikToks and it really shows. And their growth on TikTok is like they have grown faster than I've seen anybody grow on TikTok. It's probably not shocking to hear that they are comedians. They live in Los Angeles. In this episode, they tell us how they met. That's what I was really curious about. Like, how did you guys meet? How long have you been friends for? I was really curious to know that. As of right now, they are both stay-at-home dads, but really they're doing so much in the online space that I don't even know if we can consider them stay-at-home dads anymore. I mean, I guess they're home, but they're just doing so much. It's really quite impressive. They are the hosts of the Dumb Dad podcast, and they sell really fun merch, so you should check that out as well. So happy that I got to chat with them. They are super cool. They agreed to babysit Milo if I ever go to California, so I'm not forgetting that. They also said if they start a sitcom that I can be in it, also not forgetting that. So that is etched in my brain, and I will hold them to that. Before we get into this show, I just wanted to mention that there may be a couple changes coming to the podcast. So... Apple Podcasts has changed to have a kind of subscription service available to its podcasters. So now when you, before we would call it subscribe to the podcast, but now we call it follow the podcast. So if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please follow this show It really just helps with ratings and to keep me in the charts, which then helps with exposure. And then it just grows the show. You know, if you listen somewhere else and there is an option to subscribe or follow, please do that. Also, rating and reviewing the show really helps as well. In the future, I may be doing the subscription option. So what that means is the Tuesday shows will remain free and just the regular podcast, that's not gonna change at all. You'll still be able to listen to it wherever you're listening to it. But through Apple, there might be the option to subscribe for like $5 a month or something to get all the solo episodes and bonus episodes. So stay tuned for that. I haven't fully decided what I'm gonna do there. But it would be nice to make a little bit of money from the show considering it's literally like a full-time job. Anyways, enough about that stuff. That's just kind of like the behind the scenes. Want to keep you guys updated on what's going on. But yeah, without further ado, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode with Kev and Ev. That's what I like to call them. And let's welcome the dumb dads to the mom room. Okay, Tell us about your families, where you're from, and the ages of your children.
1: Yeah, this is Evan. I'm 39. I have two kids. I have a six-year-old son and a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I'm originally from Seattle area and moved to California, like Los Angeles area in 2006. Working on being an actor here the whole time. A little bit between us, we Kevin and I met in 2013. And have been kind of doing comedy ever since.
0: So where did you guys meet?
1: A little sketch company, like sketch comedy company. We both kind of like... Like live sketch. Yeah, live sketches. So we kind of tried out to be on this show or company, I guess. We just got paired together for our first show. And that's how we first met.
2: Yeah, that's how we met. But my name is Kevin. I'm 36. Uh... (laughs) I don't like to glamorize how we met. It's (laughs) um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's average. I am (laughs) from Massachusetts and I have two kids. I have a about-to-be five-year-old daughter and I have a two-year-old son. And I moved to Los Angeles from... Well, I actually moved to Los Angeles from New York. I lived there for seven years. And then in 2013, I moved to Los Angeles. And this guy had been here since, would you say 2006. Two thousand six. I hadn't yeah. made any friends yet. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I had just moved here and he was desperate. The desperation.
0: <laughs> Did he send you like a note in your your comedy class? Like
1: Yeah, it was like we were doing we were we were, give, we were giving up putting pitching ideas for sketches and this note just gets past me. I pass it to him, do you wanna be my friend? You know Circle,
2: circle yes, yes or, or no. no? Circle yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I I don't even smoke, but I lit a cigarette and put it out on the paper. <laughs> That's <laughs> why and that's when <what> I knew.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so romantic. I love it. So what was the move to LA like? Because see, I'm in Canada, so we always hear about, yeah, people move to LA and you know, work on acting and what is that like? Is it scary? Like I imagine it's scary and overwhelming.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I was doing a lot of the similar stuff in New York, but it, it's a, it, it's an entire different pace and energy and it's mostly live stuff. So I did a lot of comedy out there and then moving to LA where there's a lot of, it's all, you know, filming and commercials and things like that. So the hustle is completely different. It's very weird, uh, <laughs> definitely stressful, but yeah, I think I did sketch comedy right away because I wanted something that was familiar because I was doing that in New York at the time. So I, we had found friends that were in this company And they were like, you should join it. And I was like, perfect. That'd be something I'm familiar with and and I'll enjoy doing. And that was actually really great for me. I met Evan there and a friend of mine got me an agent. A friend of mine through that company got me an agent there. So, And that was just how it all kind of started. But it is very stressful. You definitely have... I was talking to Evan about this yesterday. You just constantly suffer from imposter syndrome.
0: I come from academia, which is like the complete opposite spectrum of acting or anything like that but it's legit imposter syndrome nonstop. Like having to prove to people that, like, no, I swear I belong here, I'm good. Like that is the story of my life. (laughs) Yeah, definitely mine.
1: The the thing about Los Angeles is like, it's such a double-edged sword when you first get here and continues to be because when you first get here, and if you don't know anybody in the industry, they can help you or guide you or put you under their wing or, you know, anything like that, then like I didn't. And I know Kevin didn't. You know, I don't have an uncle in the industry or anything like that. We just kind of moved here. And so nobody knows who you are, but also you can't go meet people because you're nobody. So you kind of just have to, what we are fortunate in is how quickly technology moves and how fast you are able to create your own content. So that has really helped, I think, guys like us, men and women like us who don't know how to get themselves out there. But the answer when you meet somebody, well, what are you doing right now? You must have an answer. If you don't have credits in anything, you've never been in anything before, you better be doing something. So whether you do, oh, you can see me every Thursday, I'm a live sketch, or I have a TikTok page I post every day, or there has to be something that you're doing currently to basically be ready.
2: you know.
0: And when did you guys start? Like, How did the TikTok thing come about?
2: So we have been doing the podcast for two years.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
2: Yeah, the podcast started two years ago, right before my son was born. My our wives had suggested, you know, listening to parenting podcasts. There's no dad podcast. Not true, but like there's not a lot of them, especially compared. The, the to, ratio was yeah <laughs> big <laughs> yeah. men podcast and women podcast. So they had suggested to do it, and we were like, oh, this is the perfect timing because you know my son will be born in a few weeks. We can start now, and that was how that was like the launching off point because I had already had my daughter, so I knew the parenting experience already, but this was also good to start at the beginning with you know one of them, and we started doing that, and you know with podcasts, you have to have social media, so we had an Instagram and Twitter page that we consistently neglected
0: <laughs> that's what I do. Did you only neglect Twitter but not Instagram?
2: I definitely neglected twitter
0: that's what I do, yeah,
2: yeah, and I got. Decently consistent with, with Instagram, but still not great. Not like what you should be. And then so just doing that, doing the podcast, doing it two years. And then sure enough, my wife tells me about, excuse me, TikTok. And there was actually somebody that she knew, like friend of a friend of a friend thing. And it's at the garbage mom on TikTok. And my, my wife showed me this page and she's like, you, you got to do your own version of this. You got to do your own thing. But she's doing mom, mom, TikTok. You should do that. And I downloaded the app and then sat on it for months, <laughs> <laughs> just like Twitter. Just like Twitter. <laughs> well,
1: we got a new bunch of handles in case we ever want to do anything with them. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that was the thing. A lot of it was locking down the same handle, and then yeah, that's true. That's a little bit of truth in that. But then watching it and getting like a little addicted to TikTok, and I was like, oh, okay, now I want to do this, and that, that kind of got me like kind of, you know, pumped up to do it. And then you know, then we started doing it. We've only, we've only been doing. It really since about December. Yeah, we had it since like October or something.
1: Yeah, we probably posted a few videos around then. But then, as you know, you kind of learn like how to post on the app. There's, it's almost like, well, this is how you post on TikTok versus how you post or what people like on Instagram. Or so it took us about a month and a half or so to probably really kind of figure that out, or to what we figured we we understood, but yeah, how we wanted to approach putting our content on there. Yeah, Uh, but. Yeah, first, like we remember our first big video that Kevin posted was in December.
0: Yeah, people always ask about TikTok and I'm like, you need to consume TikToks in order to understand how to make TikToks. And is that how you guys get inspiration for ideas? Or do you just completely get inspiration from elsewhere?
2: It's a mix, I would say, because... I, I've definitely done some of like the, the trends on TikTok and the voiceover things. I've I've definitely done those, but for the most part, I think it was just a fun challenge for me to be like, you have 60 seconds, but keep in mind, nobody watches 60 second TikToks. So really you have (laughs) 50 seconds tops.
0: It's like the attention span is a big issue.
1: Can unless you, you hold have like a... 59 million followers you know then they're yeah. going to like hang on to every thing you say but yeah we we don't have that luxury it's like you, you got to hook them quick
2: <laughs> yeah so we we definitely try to do our own thing but I do get inspired by TikToks that I see but I do agree that you have to like keep watching it just to get like a oh that's a that's an interesting way to approach that that makes me think maybe of doing this, like not that idea, but like oh, I liked how he sewed that idea through, and it makes it easier to kind of tighten up ideas.
1: I think certainly we get inspired by our real life situations as parents, and then inspired by the way people show the story that they're telling. So that's you know that's what's cool about TikTok is that somebody is there's so people are so creative in how they're portraying their point they're making or something, and so yeah, sort of by doing trends, but also just how to shoot something to make it you know, you realize how little of time you really have, like can't have any pauses, you can't have, you know, it's got to be like so tight. And so it's like a marriage, I guess, probably of like real life experiences that we just sort of take a real life experience, like your daughter saying something awful to you or something, (laughs) and then kind of just punching that up, as they say in the industry, punch it up and to like, make it more extreme, and then figure out a way to make a story out of that or a quick little joke out of it or, you know, how to create the video out of it.
2: How addicted are you?
0: I, so, so I started.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when did you start?
0: We went into quarantine in Toronto at the beginning of March. I finished my PhD, I think three days before Like Toronto shut down, so it was like, congratulations! You have been working so hard for like ten years. You have your PhD now, and now we're just going to close the world down, and you can sit at home with your toddler. And And I was like, yes. Now
1: you go home. Go get a one year sabbatical.
0: Yes, (laughs) and you download TikTok, and that's all you can do for fun. So that's literally what I did. I and what I found was even though. things would be really hard throughout the day and we'd have difficult situations because he's a toddler. I was like, ah, that would be a really good TikTok though. And then it started to make the days almost fun. And it's like something difficult would happen. And I was like, oh, but I can make that into a TikTok. And it just kind of made quarantine a little bit better. So I think I started posting regularly in March and then started the podcast in July. And so now this is just like what I'm doing. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com momroom and enter our code MOMROOM at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day. And I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. I wanted to ask you guys about dad guilt because I'm on a mission to find out if this exists because mom guilt is so common and so many people experience that. But I'm always curious because my husband does not experience dad guilt and I'm very jealous of him for that. Like he can... Just enjoy the moment. Like he's not worrying about other things, like how much screen time he's had. Like he's just in the moment. So what are your experiences with that? Would you say you've ever felt it or you do feel it, or it's something that's foreign to you guys?
2: Yes, I would say I definitely have it for sure.
0: Okay, good. Not good, but you know.
2: <laughs> it's good. You think okay. you're doing a bad job. Good. I knew it. <laughs> I Good. knew it. You're failing your kids. Perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both stay-at-home parents, stay-at-home dads. Both of our wives work. Not that that contributes to it, but it might. And... <laughs> I don't know yet. It certainly doesn't hurt. But we... Yeah, I have those moments, especially now with... My daughter was in preschool. Was it like two years ago now? And right when the pandemic hit last March, it went to like virtual learning for a three-and-a-half-year-old. And it was awful, a horrible experience. So once that was done, the next year came, and we were like, absolutely not. Like, well, it's not even kindergarten. It would be preschool again. So we were like, no, we're not doing that. And I definitely have dad guilt a lot with things, like you said, like screen time. And now it's just like general learning, even though she's a kid. And I know that deep down it's like, just as long as she's having fun and experiencing things and whatever, like that stuff will come to her. It's not, that dire that I teach her these things but at the same time, like I want her to, to grow and learn and stuff. And so when I occasionally I'll pull out, I'll pull out like an app or, or, you know, just get a worksheets and workbooks and and she'll get frustrated in a minute and a half and like, okay, never mind And I have to like walk away from it. I feel, you know, I get that, I get that kind of dad guilt. So I definitely think it is a real thing. And I, I do wonder if there's a correlation to it being a more of a stay at home dad thing specifically because I am, my wife's working. So I'm the one with my daughter. And if I have to give her more screen time because I'm doing something, I, it's definitely there.
1: Yeah. I've, I agree with everything you said. It, I Being a stay-at-home parent, I definitely feel it. I mean, it just feels like parenting guilt in the way that you just are. We're so focused on making sure that we're doing everything we can for our kids, but you know, we don't shy away from the fact that parenting is really hard. I mean, it's really, really difficult to be on top of it and really focused and trying to make sure they're engaged and all these things. My son's been in kindergarten virtually this whole year.
0: Like, how does that even work? How does one do kindergarten virtually? Because isn't it a lot of hands-on, just like socializing? Like, what do they actually tell you to do over the computer?
1: Well, there's a lot of, there's the work that they do, the stuff that they learn, it's kind of like quickly explained. For the most part, it was... They've adjusted more quickly, I explained. And then he has probably more homework than normally you would, but he's not in school for like six, seven hours. He's in school for like three hours. And so, you know, then we do like worksheets and stuff at home. We can help him through it and everything. So it's a little bit half and half sort of, but yeah, I mean, I guess the quarantine has just made it so hard because you don't, we don't really have much of a backyard. And so we don't go outside as much as we probably would really like to. And so therefore trying to think of things to do inside or play games or, and yet minimize screen time, but it's not like that hasn't definitely been a thing, you know?
2: Yeah. Just trying our, our best to not screw up our kids.
1: is <laughs> how yeah. we, as how we really
2: feel about it. But, but also, yeah. feel like also feeling like you're not trying your best sometimes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so are schools open there now?
2: Half and half kind of a thing like there are kids that are opting in and or their parents are rather opting in and they're going for a half day and then other kids are coming for the other half of the day and then other kids are staying virtual so like we live we have a school down the street which my daughter will eventually go to next year and yeah it's this there's no big school rush when like school starts like you know all the cars and moms everywhere and dads everywhere and it's like oh no it's very still very quiet yeah It's partially, they offered
1: for, I mean, he went through like three quarters of the year and they offered. Now, some kid, we're going to allow people to come back. Would you like to come back? But it was like for an hour and a half, there will be no recesses or lunches or anything. Kids will be at desks by themselves, like with plexiglass around them and stuff. And we were just like, I don't really know how much of an experience that is. So let's just do, let's just finish out the year and, you know, virtually in kindergarten. And that will be that experience in his life. And then next year he can probably go back and with, you know, like normal.
0: Because you have the podcast, you're creating so much content for online, that must have been a huge shift for them to all of a sudden be home from school and you're still trying to keep up with all the stuff that you're doing. So was that hard or do you find that you're doing lots of stuff during the day with them or in the evenings?
1: I mean, we're trying to keep him as active as we can. He's in virtual school, but he still needs a lot of help too. So it's like get out this book, and I mean he's six. He, it's you know which one which one is that again? And you got to help him grab it and get him all set up and everything. But at the same time, you know, my then I have a two year two and a half year old that's like running. My wife works from my wife works from home, but she's working. You know, so it's kind of like now my daughter has been into brushing her teeth lately in such a way that we're blowing through toothpaste. So. <laughs> So he's out here in virtual school, and I'm rushing into the bathroom to like get the toothpaste from her because you know the other day my wife found her just like eating it like it was yogurt.
0: Oh like, no! <laughs> <I was> like,
1: <laughs> what is happening right now? So some things you just can't
2: avoid. You know, it's just going back and forth, back and forth, and so I'm here to adjust to it daily. My daughter's not in school, but with like the online content that we're making, and there is a like a, a specific goal in mind for us doing this. This is in a way a career aspiration as much as it is just something fun that we enjoy doing of course but there is like a hope that this will get us jobs cuz we were oh we were always stay-at-home dads i was bartending before the pandemic but I was only bartending nights and late nights like 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. and so i was still the stay-at-home dad when my wife was going into the office but that was also part of the reason that the whole, that worked out for me is because I had friends like Evan and my brother and sister in law to drop the kids off when I had an audition or something like that which we will eventually go back to. So we are kind of chasing a career. So this doing our our, our TikToks and, and the podcast and everything, there is like a, a goal aspiration there, and it has the the workload has been a lot more lately. That my wife is like. I don't know that you can kinda of say you're a full-time stay-at-home dad anymore. <laughs> and she's not wrong. Like she's yeah, thank God she works from home right now because she's she's helping out a lot because she's helping me push this 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 career as well. So I've definitely had moments where I was like, Can you watch the kids? I have I have to film a TikTok. I need to go make an <laughs> I gotta go make an internet video. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this oh my God, this is it reminds me of my life. My husband's a physician, so it's really funny. Like He's out there with Milo right now, and I'm like, I'm working. Like, I feel all like Uh professional. I have to go do a podcast, so this is my job. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. So I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about discipline and how you go about that with your kids, because I feel like I'm similar to you guys in that I use comedy and make things funny as kind of a defense mechanism when things are difficult. But then it can be difficult to switch from... Like it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, this is not funny anymore. And I can't, you know, laugh my way out of this situation. And then I just like turn not ragey, but I'm just like, you know, it's like a quick from being funny to now I have to actually discipline you and it sucks. So, how do you guys handle that?
1: I think I'm the, I'm the same way. I've definitely a defense mechanism. I want, I don't want people, I don't like when people are upset in general. I just don't like it when people are upset. I want everybody to be feeling great and fine. And, you know, I understand that happens, especially with kids. Emotions are high. They don't know how to process their big feelings and all these things. But there, there is a point where it's probably, for me, difficult to determine, like, okay, now I'm being serious. And I'm also very sarcastic, too, which is, you know, a six-year-old can't speak sarcasm. So <laughs> so it's difficult to know if I'm being, like, serious or if I'm really mad. Or And so I try not to then go, like, you know, go to a 10 about how mad I am because after all my kids are 6 and 2 they're, they're still trying to learn everything about the world you know and so we try our best to especially when i think being a parent is like if you it's like if you can do a good customer service job you could be a parent because like when <laughs> when the person like your kid is at a 10 you should still be at a 2 which is very difficult to do and learn and practice yeah, much and, easier and to say. much easier to said than done. <laughs> but it really helps too. If you can, just the perspective for me is that they don't really know what they're doing. They're not trolling you on purpose. They're, you know, they're so innocent and their brains only work with the next five seconds, the next five seconds. They're not compartmentalizing the argument and all this and this, they just want something and they can't have it or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And so the louder and louder they get, If you go there with them, then you're frustrated and everyone's yelling and then it's hard for them to learn something. You know, it's how I try to think of it. Can't always do it. Easier said than done. But in that way, I can talk to my son and say, like, look, you're I understand you're upset, but this is why you're upset. And I don't think it really needs to be like that right now. So why don't we just go to our room? We'll take some time, just go calm yourself down. Then let's talk about it. Cause I can't, you know, we can't talk right now. So that's
2: how I try to do it.
0: How do you handle discipline?
2: I've learned that yelling as loud as you can at the kids <laughs> works every time. And I know that they're going to have issues down the line, but it's quiet in my
0: house.
1: He makes, them, he makes them create phantom accounts and like like and share
2: all of our posts. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, sweet. A, it's a healthy support system for me.
0: So if your kids are at a 10, you go to a 12.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not going to be louder than me. I'll tell you that. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, I, it's funny. We've
2: been, and that's one of the things that's so interesting about parenting is that like you don't have, you don't, you have to figure out what's best for your kid and that's so hard. And we've tried so many different methods and ways of read the book, raising lions. And then I was also for a while listening to the podcast, Unruffled, which are two very different approaches I'd say the the similarities of those two specific ones is that, like Evan said, like keeping calm through the whole thing, which is so hard. Like sometimes I go off and get angry too when they get angry. And, you know, when it's just like hitting a wall just over and over and over with them, there's nothing's getting through, the attitude's not changing. Then, yeah, sometimes I get mad. So I think a big thing for discipline with me that I'm always still working on is not being afraid to apologize. That's a big one. And I feel like I've been a lot better about that lately. I'm just like going over and letting them know, like, "Hey, how I was behaving was not great there, and I apologize." You know that I got that mad at you, and you know I can see that you're really frustrated. And um, you know maybe we can work through it. And that seems to work. And hearing, I think my kids hearing me, well, just my daughter really, hearing me apologize is is definitely been something helpful for us as, as far as discipline goes. If if it if I don't approach it the best way.
0: Yeah. And then she learns how to do that too, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's definitely been a helpful thing in, in terms of discipline for us.
1: I, I do. do the same thing and not being afraid to do that. And it's, it seems, it's kind of funny because you're an adult. So you, it feels really funny to be like sitting there apologizing to a kid, <laughs> yeah. but you're right because it <laughs> it teaches them, you know, it's, if, if they, they want to be just like you, you know, especially now in quarantine, they're, you're the only people they know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, so you gotta lead by example and that means, you know, if you're wrong about something, you have to own up to it and apologize for it. And so it probably teaches them more than we even think it really right. does when we're doing it just to say, hey, you know it, to be fair, I shouldn't have yelled or I shouldn't have
2: whatever, thrown the chair
1: through the window. Yeah. It just um
2: <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think, yeah, there's definitely like a truth to it that it was definitely something we didn't experience, at least I can say for me, didn't experience growing up is parents apologizing. And it's funny that which is fair because like that was how they were raised and that's how the, their parents were raised and so on. But it's funny because the whole goal of parenting is to raise emotionally available functioning humans. And if you're gonna do that, they see you, as, especially now during, as Evan said, during the, <laughs> you know, quarantine pandemic, you know, they're all you're all that they see, but you're even if they weren't, you're their main source, you're the first and they see you all the time source of what a human should be so why wouldn't you have those moments instead of being like a stoic disciplinarian kind of thing
0: my husband and i both turn the big four zero next year and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health Which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at mom MOMROOM and Lola V is L O L A V I E. Hey. So when we were going through quarantine, I started to feel like the default parent is what I call it. And so do you guys relate to that at all? Like, do you find that even when your partners are home, you're the one that by default is looking after them like at any given time or they go to you for everything?
2: That hasn't been my experience, I think, since my... My my son, when, when quarantine started, my son was very small. I mean, he celebrated his first birthday in in lockdown and also then his second, and second, his second yeah. birthday. <laughs> so his whole like developmental, major developmental years have been with mom home. So there is no default, especially for him. My daughter is definitely a little bit more of having me to go to. She understands my wife is working. So for that, she goes to me, but I would say it's still decently equal and stuff like that. But man, for my son, he can't tell the difference because it's like, well, you guys are always around, so whatever I want. <laughs> I can only imagine our kids think we don't do anything or don't work, I mean, because we're always home.
1: So like, what, yeah. what do you mean, what jobs could you say you have? <laughs> but in our situation, our, our, in our place, my wife had her office where we had to set up an office, we don't have like an office for her to work in. So we'd set up our desks in sort of the living room area. And so my wife sits over here next to me, but she's in front of the computer at six in the morning until about sometimes three, four in the afternoon. And so, but it's tricky. My son constantly would just walk up. To her. She's like on a conference call most three, you know, she's in meetings and conference calls like most of the way through the day. And my son would just walk up to her and start asking her questions. It's like, you can't, you can't do that. Like you have to come to me. So I don't experience in that way that my kids just think like, well, I need help. One of you who's closer kind of, kind of deal. But I don't know certain things. I guess maybe they go for mom or dad. Not not too much though. But yeah, trying to have them understand. I mean, my wife will be like literally on the phone. He'll just walk up and start asking a question. It's like she's also actively talking. (laughs) Like regardless whether or not she's working, you can't just walk up and start talking while someone's talking. We're not, the mansplaining is going to, can't be learned at six. You got to get rid of it now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. What is the plan for dumb dads? Like, where do you see it going? Or do you think it's a vehicle to get to something else?
1: (sighs) That's a a funny question. I I don't know that we have a solid answer for that. But I will say that because when we started the podcast, it, it was kind of like, well... We're itching to do something again. We hadn't done something in a little bit, and it was. A and the new podcast thing.
2: was probably the le- like less creative outlet, and more of a that one was more pure parenting.
1: Yeah, thing, pure right? parenting, sort of a way to talk our way through what's been going on with us, but also to laugh, like bring some levity to it, yeah. laugh about it a little bit. Yeah, and then we started feeling pretty good about it. It just felt like we had kind of a thing going of just between the two of us, and like it was just really fun to sit down and chat. But You know, that was like, we've been doing it for two years, but since we started doing TikTok, we've had a lot more of a connection with people almost immediately when you post something and then people reply to it. And we've had an overwhelming amount of comments, especially from moms that stay at home with their kids or have been with their kids that say, I feel very seen. Thank you for posting this. Thank you for... Putting yourselves out there, you know. Thank you for normalizing how hard parenting is, and certainly we, from dads too. Though, and certainly from dads yeah. too. We did not really expect that, especially in the waves that it has come to us, and so now it kind of feels like, oh, okay. So I guess we do have something here, and so we don't really have like a specific thought of what that could be, other than trying to just lift up other parents, and
2: you know, and and through humor.
0: What's your analytics like? What are your followers, men to women?
2: Oh okay yeah so our analytics up until recently was the men were under 20% they're 18 19 sometimes 20 we were feeling lucky.
1: for a long while it was like 10%
2: yeah and now it's about 25% men and 75% women which was very unexpected mm-hmm. because similar to the podcast typical men that we are <laughs> we just always looked at it being like, yeah, well, this is just a fun outlet for dads and not thinking for a second that we're stay at home parents. doesn't matter if are the mom or the dad and the amount that we resonate with moms as well as dads. Cause none of our, none of our jokes are gender specific. They're just no. parenting jokes. And no. Yeah. That has been, that was surprising.
1: Yeah. Especially because like Kevin said, when we started the podcast, we thought, you know, and if dads reach out and think like, Oh, these guys are, Involved parents. Dads can be involved. And that kind of was our target. Thinking like, let's change, not right away, but like, lead by example sort of thing. We could change the stigma that dads get painted with, that baby, babysitter dad or whatever.
2: Yeah. And we weren't trying to only talk to dads. We just thought that's all that would want to hear these two idiots <laughs> talk. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, not so much.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So, do you think you guys would do a sitcom?
2: we do have a a parenting pilot written that we would be ready to shoot if somebody wanted to. And that is definitely like, that would be the ideal goal would be like in a perfect world. Like what do you want of this? You can, what would be the number one thing? I, I think definitely yeah. a show a zebra. That we oh, what did you created say? a a zebra? Yeah. Yeah. A zebra. I really want a zebra. A, a zebra that you can ride, because I know you can't tame them. And <laughs> like a magical zebra that you can talk to. And yeah, a magical zebra <laughs> would be really you talk cool. to. Yeah. And but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think if like if you could have whatever you wanted, I would say, yeah, a show that we created and get to be on would be perfect world. I mean, it's definitely like one of those things like you've got to have your own tiers of like perfect world. Yes, that. And then the next thing, just be on any show working and then just, <laughs> yeah. you know, below that just at work. Can I have a, a commercial?
1: Yeah. We want to turn this into work, you know, that legitimized that that we can help our families with. <laughs> yeah. So slowly but surely. Yeah.
0: couple more questions. Okay. First of all, if you guys do get a show, can I be on the show? 100%. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What piece of parenting advice do you think should be retired forever or thrown in the garbage? Something that people always say, or it's like a common parenting piece of advice.
1: Do you have have one? Get us started. Do you have a really good one that you, you must have one you think about a lot.
0: Someone had one the other day that was really good. It was something, oh, like you were saying before, to talk to your kids instead of just being like, no, do this because I said so.
2: Yes. Kind of mm-hmm. like
0: eliminating that authoritarian kind of vibe. But yeah, I never asked myself this question. I ask people the question, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> My show.
0: <laughs> Don't turn this around. <laughs> yeah, that's a,
1: that's a really good one, honestly. Just uh, yeah. the, because I said so. Like saying that out loud even feels like,
2: that just feels odd, yeah. I mean, it's tricky with certain ages, it's hard for them to communicate why they're feeling certain ways, which is where like temper tantrums come from. They're trying to figure out how to navigate those feelings. But I think definitely they like, they don't like it tough, which is, you know, fine in certain things like, yeah, you have to go to school and things like that. But I think communicating and understanding feelings is definitely one thing. Obviously, this is one, one that's been getting, people have been trying to destroy for years now, but like boys will be boys. Definitely that. Toxic attitude is definitely something that's got to that gotta go of boys behave badly. And they're like, well, what do you expect? As if like boys and men are these like zebras um, <laughs> <laughs> that can't be like, you know, controlled or whatever. Not even controlled, but like expected to be decent human beings. It's just so ridiculous and it definitely needs to go away. And there should be expectations and boundaries set for all, all gendered. For non-gender kids.
1: I'm going to add to it and say the just the stipulation of like three-nagers, terrible twos, that kind of thing. Not that it's not true. That's really when they're, it's like emotional growing pains. It's highs and lows. It could be like at a 10 yeah. and then two minutes later, they forgot about it and they're giggling. And that witnessing that as a parent and going through that rollercoaster of managing that all day long is what's so difficult about it. Like we were talking about, trying to remain calm through all of it. But just the, yeah, I don't know. It's just maybe understanding rather than labeling it too much that this is going to be hard and horrible for you. Like, yeah. But at the same time, man, somebody said something on our live the other night that was so good. Parenting, parenting doesn't get any easier. It just gets different. They said that on our live and I was like, man, that is so true. Even just having been a parent for six years, that is so true.
0: Yeah. As soon as you get comfortable in one stage, like it changes into another stage and now you have different things that you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, we like to say, don't get cocky. Listen, (laughs) as soon as you get cocky, it's going to change and you're going to be back at zero again. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Totally. Oh man. And how do you guys approach screen time in your house? It's
2: like the third parent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, you mean the babysitter?
2: (laughs) I definitely think we approached it pre-pandemic way more cautiously barely used I mean definitely used it and definitely had days where I was like oh this is probably too much but I think with the with the pandemic a lot of times you know my daughter's always around where she was in preschool before and all that stuff and I mean that more to for her not but like she's always around just give her a screen make her go away (laughs) give her something to like turn her brain on like yeah, most of the games that she has are learning games, but even if she just wants to watch a show on, on her tablet or watch some, you know, streaming shows, that's we're kind of like, okay. I definitely don't want to give her too, too much. I definitely go back to feeling like a bad parent when it, it gets to be too much, but it's we've, the restrictions have gone down quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, same here. Restrictions have gone down. We certainly curate sort of, for the most
1: part, what is on an iPad that we hand them, whether it's the type of show they can even get their hands on or the game that they could play. We try to put like educational type games on there or at least games that make you think about doing something. The thing that probably is that I think about the most is my son likes to watch people building things or doing amazing things, just watching people do these amazing things. And what I worry about is too much screen time takes away from maybe putting little things into practice, building his self-confidence that he can do things as well and make things and create and build things as well. So rather than look, well, look at all these amazing people that can do all these things and he has no idea how to do them. He can just watch people do them, you know? And so, Yeah, just kind of trying to balance out of that and reminding him that there's other things we can, you know, craft projects and even just running around outside and looking at flowers or going for a walk. Anything to just make their mind think of the world in a different way other than how it's just being shown to them by somebody else.
2: Yeah,
0: I just did an episode with a neuroscientist and she's really into screen time and like the science behind it. And that was her big message was, it's not so much the screen, it's what the screen time takes away from. Like they're not going and doing other things because they're on the screen. So yeah, I say balance for sure. Lastly, we're almost done. We almost made it through. Where can people find you guys online and where can they listen to your podcast?
1: Our podcast is on quite a few for- on forums, I guess. It's like Stitcher iTunes for sure, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You just look up the Dumb Dad Podcast. And our social handle is the same across the board for Twitter, TikTok, Instagram.
2: So you can stop there. That's it.
0: (laughs) You guys need a YouTube channel. At
2: Dumb Dad Pod. Yeah. We know. We've heard about that. But yeah. The thing I think about YouTube is it's
1: in the way that I spoke before about how there's a certain way you would post to TikTok. There's certainly a certain type of thing that people would watch on YouTube, but that's also anything from a couple minutes sketch to a movie. I mean, you could put anything on YouTube. So whether or not that's recording our podcast and just putting it up there for people to watch or whether that's, I don't know, making long form sketches or who really knows, you know, we're not really sure what,
2: how to approach that, I guess.
0: Yeah. Do you guys tweet or is that still neglected?
2: <laughs> well, it was very neglected until uh, TikTok. We did recently went very, very, very viral, and it went viral first on. <laughs> it went viral first on Twitter, and I texted him because I still have the app. I don't know if you still have the app. At the yeah, I have the app, but I was getting all these alerts, and I like looked and saw what was happening, and I was like, "You need to post the video right now" because we didn't even post on Twitter. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like somebody we, had, somebody tweeted the video and like tagged us, I guess is how yeah, it. yeah, Well somebody like, had pulled it from TikTok and, and yeah, and tweet yeah and I was like, "You need to post a video right now and on on Twitter, and we went from that day that in the course of that day, it's been I think since Monday and today is Saturday, we went from a hundred followers <laughs> because we weren't I don't know what those hundred people were expecting. We weren't giving <laughs> anything. <laughs> But we went from 100 followers to uh, 6,500.
0: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, now we have to tweet. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, (laughs)
0: oh man,
2: Twitter followers. Oh great! Now we have to do this too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh my gosh, it's like the pressure. Like, oh my god, the people are waiting for the tweets.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, Awesome. Well, it was so nice to chat with you guys. I love going to California. So if we go to California. Just for like one night, we can drop Milo off to you guys and you guys can babysit.
2: He's going to get a lot of screen time. He's really good at TikToks. Like he
0: will be in your TikToks. Okay. He's great.
2: That's (laughs) hilarious.
0: Awesome. Well, it was nice to meet you guys virtually and I'm sure we'll keep in touch online and good luck with everything. I'm waiting for my contract for the role in your sitcom. Okay.
2: So. Yeah. All right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh. And congrats on the PhD.
0: Thank you. Yes,
2: that's amazing. That's
1: amazing.
0: This is what I do with it now.
1: <laughs> that's great. Hey, you, know, you never know where it's going it. to take you. That's great. No,
0: totally. I'm working on a book, so I'm like, that'll help me get a book published, right? Because I have a PhD, so mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, do looks it for nothing. better than
1: if I wrote a book. It wouldn't say that for <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, have a good day, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh?